I really hope not. That is on there. That's terrible. That's terrible content. All right. Welcome back, lads. Uh, Q's back from his adventuring into European territory. Sam, fresh off his studies for the semester, will soon return after the pod. It's been a difficult couple weeks for us, boys. So this game today was massive. And how are you feeling after it right now? Sam, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. It was good to see us. Um, we didn't really grab a hold of the game too, too soon, but it was great to see after um, breaking a little pressure and then Lacazette getting the first one that we we stayed hungry and didn't didn't allow that to um, diminish the play after that. And then we just kind of stayed on top from that point. So it was good. Um, anytime you have a game that you should win, um, it'll either leave you really happy after or super upset that you didn't win it at the end. So yeah, I'm very pleased with a, with a three Oh win. How about you guys? Yeah. And I think, I think that after the way we had performed the last couple of weeks coming into this game, you, you were just, or the past couple of games, you were just like, okay, we need a result here. We really need the performance here more than anything, because the, the results were available in the last two games, but, our performance was not good enough where we really deserved a result. So it, I think that was the biggest thing for me was, can we have a good performance today? And I'm feeling better, hopeful right now. So um, hopefully that will continue throughout this Christmas season. And Q, you got into this game. How did you, how'd you feel about that? I got, I'm sorry. I got into what game? (laughs) You're uh, getting into this game right now. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, sorry. Well, what do you mean? What? It sounds like I, I, I played. It sounds like yeah, I played. You put in a 6.0 performance out there, so yeah, appreciate yeah, that. You're basically good, El Neni now. Thanks nothing for coming. Good, bad. I'll take that. I'm a placeholder in the team. No. Yeah, um, yeah obviously, they need boys need something to show something after those last two, two performances. Um so you know, I'm just happy with with being able to score multiple goals in a game and keeping a clean sheet's obviously obviously huge. So yeah, I can't complain about anything there. Feel better than I did left or last game. Yeah. More positive outlook there. on things. Yeah, and as we know, in current times, anytime something goes negative, you see a quite the reaction on social media these days from some Arsenal fans. But um, so the big story here going into the game is, well, we found out yesterday we're not going to have Alba. So you kind of you have to think about how that changes your attack and what you're going to do. I think there were questions on whether or not Alba would have started even if he was available. So maybe it made the job easy for Arteta to leave him out. Um, and maybe that storyline could continue throughout the rest of the Christmas season, depending on how the discipline with Alba goes in this situation. From what I saw, Alba was given permission to go abroad. He went on a trip and he didn't make it back in time or the time that was agreed upon. So, I mean, he's had these problems before. 
This isn't the first time. Last season, it was a crazy season for him. He ha- isn't performing right now either. So it couldn't come at a wor- uh, <laughs> worse time for him. And you start to question his motives. So, I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on the Alba situation? Would he even, would he have even played today had he been available? Q, you want to go? Yeah, I just think, I just think that the whole entire situation is just incredible. Um, do I think he would have played? Ah, uh, maybe if I see, I don't think Arteta would be one to to play someone strictly to save a relationship or save feelings like that. So, based on his previous performances, I don't think he deserved a spot in the team whatsoever. But. As you said before, he's done this before. I remember him doing this at Brush of Dortmund where he just went on, went on an unsolicited holiday. And I believe he had to miss two games for that too because they were just like, what What are you doing? You, you can't just do this in the middle of the season. Um, Need to get my mind right. And yeah, it couldn't, it couldn't <laughs> come at a worse time. I mean, it'd be... I don't want to say it'd be way different, but it would be way different had he just banged in a hat trick against Everton or you know, been scoring loads of goals and then this happens. But when, when you're, when you're putting in fours and fives and then you do something like this, it's like, come on, dude, come on, man. Right. And I, I don't know. I, kind of I, don't, I, I can't believe he's, he's not on the training ground all week. Like what, what, the, what is going on? Yeah. It gets to a point too, where it's not even about form either. It's just, do you want your captain not not practicing for a week, not even making it back when he says he will to make it for the game. Like, at what point is it like he's just not your captain anymore? Like, because... can I put this in perspective and be like, my high school team, the captain would have lost their captaincy had they done something like this. Like, what is what is going on? Yeah, I I do think the um that the situation has presented an opportunity now to leave all ball out of the lineup for a couple of games and there can't be Which, any pushback from yeah, exactly. top. there can't be any pushback from the player there can't be pushback from anyone like you just can't yeah. do that in a professional setting yeah so i would not expect him to start in the next game either um and of course he's going to miss the month of january with their tournament so don't let the door so we'll, on the we'll way see out. how much we'll, we'll see how much involvement he'll have over the next two months yeah, I just hope that the the main involvement is not in Kedia. It can't be. It can't go from a player who's going to leave to another player who's going to leave to another player who's going to leave. Like you got to have some some something that's going to go into next season. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit further on. I have a I have a question for you guys related. Um, okay, so no Alba going into the game. How did you feel about an unchanged lineup from? Everton game, I guess. Yeah, Saka didn't. Did Saka start Everton? Uh, yes, 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 yes. I think it's an unchanged lineup. Oh, I have it right here. Why I'm an idiot. Yeah, it is unchanged lineup. I mean, do you do you think that is? Do you? I guess just how did you feel because. When I first saw it, my impression was like, did the team against Everton warrant no changes? So, Sam, leading to you, how did you feel? 
Right. Um, I would say I was more so surprised in the Everton game that Jaka got the start. Um, but kind of after getting his wheels back underneath him, um, I was fine with an unchanged lineup, to be honest. I I like giving Martinelli a go. Um, and then I'm, I'm obviously okay with the Lacazette up top, especially given the Alba circumstances. But I do think if Alba was back, I think he probably gets put in the starting lineup by Arteta. Um, but no, I, I was I was overall fine with the lineup. Q, you have any feelings there? Um, yeah, I mean, did they warrant staying in the lineup? Maybe not for some of them, but at this point, it's like, who who do you even, we can't, we don't, we're not deep enough to rotate. <laughs> like we just talked about, we don't have the, the striker depth. We don't have, I mean, we don't have depth really anywhere to warrant rotation yeah. aside from maybe, maybe left back. So, I mean, I'm happy with Kieran Tierney didn't play abysmally last game so i don't think it can no, be, I thought be too upset with it nuno was horrible when he came on to the everton game granted it was a it was a rough atmosphere but i would have been pretty yeah, heated he, if he if he came back into the starting lineup after just yeah. not showing up to play for the last 30 minutes versus everton yeah i would agree with that sentiment yeah, that, I, I mean that's no, it. I have no quarrels with it. I mean, if, if we had that's some old... other players that we could, you know, slide in, but yeah, and that's ultimately where I got to after I looked at our bench because I was, I didn't really want Emil to come back in if he's got a slight injury because I'd rather him see out the month, um, miss this game, and we sh- at my thought process at the time was we should be able to handle this without needing him. Um. So I, I got to the same conclusion. I was like, well, who else are we going to start? We haven't seen Pepe in forever. I don't really want Enkedia starting. So, yeah. Um, so, we've, I mean, going into it, we, we knew that this game was big because of Everton. That was just abysmal. So we really needed a quick start. I'd say within the first 20 minutes of the game, we weren't getting that start. I think we were kind of sloppy. We were all over the place with some of our passes. And Southampton was pressing us pretty good. So I don't... This game's at home. Coming off your previous two performances, what... I don't know. It, it, how do you? How are you not up for that? The first twenty minutes. Maybe you're just easing into the game. Is there? Should we look into that more, or is is that just maybe Southampton was up for it early on? Uh, I think that we. I don't think we can say we weren't up for it in the first. All the first twenty minutes because this is the goal has so much goal. Oh, whatever it is. Oh. Uh, I know. I meant so, but leading to that because so you have. Gabriel's very aggressive at the start. He flies into a tackle in the third minute, gets a yellow. Um, in the sixth minute, he flies up the field to win a head ball, doesn't even get close. And if 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 not for a better pass from Southampton, they're in at goal. They, I mean, Tommy Yasu kept him on, they would have been in. So we were kind of all over the place a little. Maybe they were too up for it. Their blood was pumping too much because – he was flying all over the place. They weren't completing passes. It was, I mean, 
it was up until the first goal. I, I wouldn't say that like that first goal kind of came out of nothing, really. I mean, it was an incredible buildup, but everything we'd seen up until that point, we hadn't been able to play out of those situations. So that's my my point of it is, were we like, is there anything that we need to do differently to prepare? Like, were, were we too into it? Because we looked bad the first 19 minutes. I understand the confidence a goal can do for you and change it, but we did not play well in the first 19 minutes. We were kind of all over the place. Our passing was terrible. Yeah. And as you Without. say, that goal almost almost begins with a yes. uh, Ramsdale, Ramsdale kicking it off Armstrong Preston into our own goal. Yeah, he was stretched to make that and pass. It takes, which... about, it takes about four or five one-touch passes in a row to bust out until Saka finally yes. gets the ball. And, and he's able it's a to dead fly. ball right there. I don't remember what it was. But Ramsdale to Gabriel, back to Ramsdale. He's like stretched for it, gets it off, which he's been super composed on the ball. Love that. I've I've had no like questions about his ball playing ability since he's arrived. But what about he gets goal it saving? Out. Yes, I, I do. I've been so happy with him. I'll sing Ramsdale praises all day. I yeah. questioned whether or not we should pay that much for him. But we didn't pay at the time. I thought it'd be like 30 and it was like, what, 23, 24, maybe add-ons takes up there. I don't give a fuck if you have add-ons that we have to pay for if they perform. If he's good. To, yeah, if he's yes. good, then he deserves yes. it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, I, it's not my money, but as a club, you would think, I'll happily pay you $5 million extra if this dude balls out. You're giving us just incentive for him to play good. So whatever. But – Anyhow, he barely gets it off. Then it's quickly, it goes White, Party, Tommy, Odegaard. In one touch. Each of those passes is one touch. And it's like that movement can just break a team down so easily. And Especially a team that someone, gets so stretched like this pressing-wise. Yes, they get high up on you just to press. They really have no pace in their defense. Well, I guess Kyle Walker-Peters. But they get so high up on you that you get just past one or two guys and you can completely run a team so those so white party tommy odegaard one touch pass each tommy plays it or odegaard might have played two touch tommy plays out Saka. Saka, 50 yard run plays it up to lock and in but i mean what a so cross and what that a was an incredible movement yeah oh yeah the goal is saving yeah. that if he goes Weak the foot. right way Weak foot for Saka and Laka just blasts it. Yeah. And so that's one, I mean, that's one you don't know if Alba's converting based on previous. Yeah. Alba might whiff that. Might whiff that. I would agree with that. And Laka, there's that. no doubt. No doubt he buried that right there. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was incredible. And great aside from Aside from his composure in the first 20 minutes, uh, Ramsdale had a couple nice saves too that keep you in the games, which is just another valuable part of a keeper when you're not playing well. He has the ability to make those big saves. Yeah, I love. Um, I I'm all about him. Yeah, I, I Leno was an incredible shot stopper, and and he bailed us out a ton. And I I I liked Leno. I didn't think we needed really. I think he was a vulnerability in his ball playing ability, but I wouldn't have said like goalkeeper is an area that we need to upgrade right now. Right. And Ramsdale has definitely upgraded our goalie position, which is crazy. But um, yeah, I, I, I think he's been every bit worth it. Um, so 
the first goal with just absolute beautiful build up. And then the second goal might have the best settle I've ever oh, seen. Yes. Yeah, what a what a what a pass fake on the settle. Uh, yeah. And we'll just right, go with right. that. We won't act like he wasn't trying to do it. What an incredible play from Tierney and the persistence to just continue. He tried to cross that ball three or four times before yeah. he got it over. He's like, first time? No. Off the cross? No. Header? Yes, this will do. I'll do it. But yeah, no. The, um, so there, I mean, there was a good interchange there. And then Tomiyasu plays it over the top, like floats it over the top. And I'm going with an incredible settle. On Tierney's okay. part, I'll play that as well. We can play that. Yeah, uh, but on so on the first attempt, it looks like he's trying to float it back post to Martinelli. Fought on him in a second, but and then comes back and he heads it back across to Odegaard. But Martinelli, so he's he's kind of like back post, which is something I really liked about him in this game. But he does it a lot. His movement all the time, whether he gets into the box or going around so he's back post a little bit on the first attempt from Tierney and then the second one he comes across and he actually is like blocking off that defender that was going for the header against Odegaard so Odegaard gets the clean header and he might not I mean he doesn't get a goal or anything in that situation but that is just I mean his he just has the desire to get there or to make stuff happen but yeah that goal was great um how do you how do you guys feel? Well, I mean, I, other than what you've said about it, my favorite part was it was either after the first or the second attempt by Tierney to try and get it in there. Odegaard's at the top of the box and he's just like, "All right, I'm just going to start sprinting in here." And then you see right as Tierney gets the header, and then Odegaard's just sitting there, and the ball's just laying perfectly for him, and he heads it in. Then in his celebrate, he slaps his head. So um clearly not a goal he's accustomed to scoring but i just love that he was willing to to get in there and finish it off on kind of a broken play yeah i i just love odegaard's intuition in that or he realizes he he can get into a dangerous position and he's he's the only one to react in that moment all southampton standing there lacazette's the you know striker with the in the box know-how and he's just standing flat-footed Odegaard is the only one well aside from Martinelli who gets across as well but the only one who makes any real recognition that he can get into a dangerous area and as Sam said too the the celebrate I love Odegaard's celebrations he's always just well obviously he's absolutely stoked whenever he scores a goal but he is always super super pumped and excited and the slap in the head is hilarious as if we didn't know he scored with his head yeah, I thought this was Odegaard's best game he's played this season. Uh, he he was very sharp. His movement was good. He had that very nice back heel, um, and he I, I think he was very involved in the game and was pretty good on the ball when he was involved. Which we haven't he hasn't we haven't seen that as much this year. He'll he'll drift off when he does get in. His touches have been a little off. So I I mean I really. I thought today was his best game he's played, and hopefully he can build on that scoring in three straight now. Right. One thing I think about him is I think he plays so well with Lacazette. They had a couple nice moments today, and one where they Lacazette played it to him, and then he kind of laid it off to Lacazette, and then he had, took two touches, and he was in a top of the box to rip it, and then he tried to take another touch, and it just went right yeah. to the keeper. But yep. I think 
I think those two together kind of just on the same wavelength and kind of play off each other's ideas. So um, I think having Lacazette in the lineup definitely helps his performances. Yeah, I I think that that could be a nice partnership because he dropped because with Lacazette dropping deep, whenever Odegaard picks up the ball, he does have someone to like touch it to like quickly and go right. in and out. Maybe he just needs another kind of finesse player with him, like a little flair to him, flicks and tricks. Um, but Lacazette had a really good performance as well. I oh, think twenty like, minutes more than I thought he'd have. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe he's just regaining that mattress. I mean, those two, they were pressing together pretty well when they had the chances to do that. Uh, they had a couple good combinations. Lacazette, I do think, had probably two other opportunities to score, and he doesn't even get a shot off, which is you'd like him to have more of a killer instinct after he just scores a goal. But I think he was help, he was pretty good for our buildup and our defensive shape too. So maybe he's playing himself back into a contract, Q? Oh, I, oh, oh do not ruin my weekend, man. I, as I love Lacazette, I do. I love him, and if we, you know, are able to maybe cut his wages in half and you know turn him from a crucial player into a rotational player, and he's like willing and accepting, then maybe. But I don't think you can. We can continually go after Lacazette. He's, we're just back in the same, the same argument with like we have with Giroud, where it's like, all right. He's good. We love him. We respect him. But does he score enough goals? And is he lethal enough to, you know, improve this team? Like, I just I don't think so. Especially as he's getting older and he can't play a whole game. If you, your right. striker, I feel like, is someone you 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 don't want to have to sub every game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, and it's I don't. I just given... that he's that yeah that's especially like like today as well when you start. Jaka and Lacazette, you know you're going to have to use two subs on those players. So right. hopefully two people don't get hurt. You know, like it and just... it makes it harder when Gabriel gets a yellow card three minutes in because yeah. you're probably he... going to be bringing him off at some point, especially when he was getting all fired up after he was getting in on those corners. Yeah. So right. I yeah I just think that. Yeah, I don't. I hope no new contract talks with him. But something just to go back to Odegaard. I think that towards the beginning of the season when he it, it was just it was hard for him to get any sort of rhythm because he wasn't finding himself in the team um on a consistent basis the team really didn't know i don't want to say didn't know what they were doing but we had six new signings playing with them so it's kind of it's not familiar um but yeah i think just this little run of consistent starting game time has been really really beneficial for him um i don't think he's as big of a confidence player as as someone like alba but you know every, every player needs consistency in, in game time in order to improve and it's just, i think it's really nice that like you say re-signing alba i just think it's nice that almost all of our goal threat this season comes from kids 22 21 20 you know Saka, Emil smith rowe Odegaard, and even now, like all of our, all of our goal scorers are, are are three midfielders, which is which is really nice. We've been asking for goals from the midfield for a long time, 
And You're taking we, the words out of my mouth right now. And, and now we, and now our strikers can't score. So I I had I as soon as you got to Odegaard and started talking, I have an I already had a note written down that how how much have we asked the last two three seasons? Could we g could we please just get fucking goals from our midfield? Because Alba was putting up 20 goals two seasons in a row. Could we just supplement that with some goals from our midfield? And it was and now, 20 goals, and the next highest was like six. It's yes. like, holy shit. And now, now we're getting goals from only our midfield, and we're like, Jesus Christ, could we get a fucking striker who could score? If we if we just clicked on two, on every our defense is good right now we're getting goals from our midfield if we just how are we always one part of the equation off which is always off and maybe that's the progression and hope you're getting you're building forward with arteta because now he's set our defense we've got our young guys in the midfield our young guys all over aside from striker Aside yes. from striker, and, and now he's gonna go out and get the striker with either. I don't think it'll happen in January. That's so much money, but I will. I do think it'll happen in the summer. But so this is this was what I was alluding to earlier. So we're gonna get another striker. We're going to. It's it's written in the stars already. So you're not gonna sign Lacazette, and Alba's having his problems. So what do you do now? Does Laka just play, and then he plays all th- he plays good or bad form basically until the end of January? What do we do? I was gonna I was gonna say wait you never gave your thought either of you guys on Laka's that new contract would you be oh, okay so okay yeah with that? to the yeah to that point I don't think it is going to happen regardless nor do I nor do I you yeah you mentioned in there it's kind of doing more of the same and as much as as much as Arteta likes Lacazette and his what he can do defensively to press and what he can do to help our build up by dropping deep he's a valuable player to have especially when our team's so young so I value him for the last year that he has but I think that his role could be done by someone else. I mean, we could get another 23-year-old that fills that role and kind of plays as a substitute striker when we buy our actual striker. Um, So I don't think that he has a role there because I think once once this year is over, you could just as easily give those minutes to Martinelli because I think Martinelli could kind of fill that, or we could shift someone else to attacking mid or something, or whenever he plays. I don't know. You yeah. could, you could figure something out. You Those don't want to. You don't want your else. backup striker to be one of the highest paid players on the team, or or you don't need that experience and that sort of stuff. There, I feel like this that role and that role in the squad should be probably a youth, not a youth necessarily a youth player, but you know someone who can grow and step into the striker role in the future. Yeah. Not someone so, who's weighing I mean, down that could be filled. Neat. Yeah. And his minutes, his minutes could be filled by Bolligan like next year, maybe if he goes on loan for six months and does well, that could be his role. You are now the backup striker basically for you'll, you'll get the game time lock as that would get when we need to make subs and attack. And that could be Martinelli's role. That could be Bolligan's role. Um, but 
you hope that you don't need to use your backup striker as much as we currently do, because the striker we're going to get is can carry the load. Or at least share the load. Hopefully the striker we get doesn't go on vacation in the middle of the fucking game week. Yes. Yeah. And it's available to play. So you you think we're just going to ride Lacazette out for the rest of the year then? Is that what you guys are thinking? Absolutely. He is a valuable player to have. Yeah, I don't think Lacazette has ever done anything to to warrant like a a lockout because he's not signed. I mean, it's not like he's no. not signing a new deal. It's just that we're not offering it. Like he, you know what I mean? He he deserves to have a nice applause yeah. at the uh, on his last game at the Emirates for sure. Yeah, he, I think uh, he really. I think he really loves Arsenal, and it. I think it's a little disappointing for him that it never really quite happened to its full potential and but i mean his his attitude towards the club and his, yeah and his attitude said, every day he comes out yeah. to play is is incredible yeah. like you, you and have I, no grief whenever he's in the lineup just because now, you know like, he's gonna work like you i always loved lacazette like like the three seasons before we got him i was i loved lacazette i was like oh that's one this one of those players that i wish arsenal would get i think we got him just too late uh, we just didn't pull the trigger soon enough, and he had already peaked. Uh, but that, so, that being said, Lacazette's goal I, I, record for Arsenal is is extremely respectable. It's not it's no, not terrible. In no, the and I yeah, I am I am I'm okay with his career that he had. I wish it would have been better, but yeah, I think he did a lot of. He was one of those players that Arteta would have wanted to bring in when he came in because he brings value to the club and the values of arsenal i agree that he's good he loves the club and everything like that but where where does arsenal end up at the end of the year if they're starting lacazette for the entire second half of the season surely i don't think i don't think it'll be the entire second half it'll it'll be january while pepe and alboyland are gone which again we need to discuss pepe too (laughs) um so well, while Alba's gone, Lacazette leads the line. But you could easily throw. I mean, when Alba's back, he can go back in. He's not going. Lacazette's not going to play every game. Martinelli will get an opportunity, and Keddy is going to play some games, whether we want him to or not. So, I, I don't think that Arsenal. I don't. I don't think they'll do in a striker in January. Like you look at your options. Um, I'm seeing Vlahovic linked with City now. If that's an option, he's going there for sure. Um, and they can certainly afford to pay whatever they want to have a striker. I like Dominic Calvert Lewin as an option, but Everton's not going to sell midseason, and he really is coming back from injury, so. Are you gonna buy a midseason? Maybe I don't know, but they're gonna want like a hundred million probably. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't even know who it's who. It should be yet, or who I want it to be fully. But I, I think the op. I'm gonna. I'm very optimistic about it, and I have. I'm very excited about the search for a new striker. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a gonna be an exciting signing. I just. 
just with how Alba's been and then the lack of experience after Lacazette, I just don't know. I, I think at this rate, Lacazette will be getting a majority of the minutes, and I just don't know if he's he's the striker that can get you kind of to that next level at this point in his career. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But I, I think he does enough defensively that it kind of covers his weaknesses sometimes because he can. He's one of those guys that will just like make something happen because he steals the ball or something. So, right. I I agree. I don't. I like if we went into the season knowing Lacazette was our starting striker, would I have been terrified? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I understand your reservations with that completely. I see how, I see how Martinelli could kind of step into that role. Um, I just think at the moment he's, his feet are nowhere near the level as Lacazette's or his ball playing ability. Um, fitness wise, he's definitely got an edge on Laka, but I just don't think he has the the technical ability quite yet to, to play the style that Lacazette does. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if you're not getting the results, you, uh, you try some creativity there. Um, you do Smith Rowe, false nine or something, just because he drifts around anyway, and Martinelli's going to make those diagonal runs. So I, we, I'm pretty sure we've tried that before. I think it was, what, Chelsea game or last year? I don't know. Played someone at false nine. But I think... Smith Rose developed a little bit differently where a false nine might actually work if we tried it. If Lacazette wasn't working, I wouldn't, I'm not saying to go to that now, but if right. you had Martinelli on the side, Saka on the other side, Odegaard and Emil Smith Rowe, like kind of as your false nine. I know this sounds like FIFA, but right. Smith Rowe is going to like, it's going to go similar to how Lacazette does it, because ESR is going to try to find the ball. Odegaard is going to kind of float towards Saka. And then Saka has the ability to drift further wide or cut in behind. And and then Martinelli is making his diagonal runs all day. So it could cause problems. I don't know if we are at the stage where we'd even be able to play that. But right. I think you have some options on what you could do if Lacazette's not consistently performing in January or the rest of the season if he was the lead man. Right. But you also have Alba. So. Yeah, I could see, though, all the if the striker performances all just go to shit, I could see us going to a formation similar to kind of what City plays. It's almost strikerless with the false nine, um, which yeah. would be interesting to see, but hopefully Lacazette can keep putting in some performances and we don't have to go to that extreme quite yet yeah and you it gets tougher when we ha- are playing with shaka too so not that he was really bad today um but i i i don't know i think it's it's odd that he just goes straight back into the team plays both games and it's just like i don't know it just doesn't i, was... I feel we're i feel we're more rigid with him that's just I know he brings kind of structure and some composure, but I just, and again, it's not because I think he actually played bad. I just think we're just a rigid team with him because it's immobility. Right. He, I can't help, but every time I watch him play that he, he kind of reminds me of like 
an old dude in a men's league that just kind of knows how to seek little advantages in the game and like just makes the simple pass because like if he's ever going for a 50 50 and he's looking like he might get beat, he just kind of turns his body to kind of like win a foul and get out of it. He just, I don't know. He, he just, yeah, the lack of mobility and stuff in the midfield just sometimes doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the last sub of the game, though. I know you guys wanted to talk about uh, Pepe a little bit and what your thoughts were on on that whole situation. Well, so we have we had Holding come back. Samby we haven't seen a couple games. He's or did he come in against Everton? No, but Chaka played the whole game, right? Yeah, because Jaka uh, couldn't make the challenge. Remember, we needed to yeah, sub him out on the right. yellow. Yeah, Jaka so Sammy comes in, Gomez. Pepe comes in at the end. So Holding and Pepe haven't played in games. Well, Holding has a full full head of hair now. Both of them are back, just like Holding's hair. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but Holding's hair, like, where did that come from? Had uh, to be some sort of surgery. I saw He's one, way of, less one of the stressed Arsenal... after not having to play. One of the yeah. Arsenal correspondents said something. Holdings hair looks good. <laughs> well worth its money. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He looks. He looks like ten years younger too. Yeah, and so that dude was almost bald, and he's got a better haircut than uh, who did I say? Adam Armstrong. Adam did Armstrong. you guys look at? <laughs> did you see him? If he had a little bald patch on top of his head, he'd look like a friar. <laughs> It'd be like Friar Tuck. Yeah, but um, back to your question, Sam. Yeah, Pepe, I mean, we haven't seen him. I didn't even know he was still on the team. I thought they had just sent him off somewhere. He's, Told him to go on international duty and never come back. <laughs> hanging you know? out with Runerson. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, we finally see him. We get, but comes in the 83rd minute. We, we don't see anything. Well, there's nothing there. I, that was... He's got, he's about to leave too, so it's like, do I waste my do I waste minutes trying to get him back into the team before he leaves for a month, or do I just find other solutions there? Well, that's I mean, we haven't seen him. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's not performing in practice, which we we've seen him go out of the team for long periods of time like this before, so. I don't know. He hasn't had a chance really to try to change it recently, but I don't know if his chances that he was given before this absence really warranted more minutes for him either. So I I can't say take Martinelli's minutes and give them to Pepe. Martinelli's looked good. You're certainly not taking Saka off. ESR's got to fit in there somewhere, and Odegaard scored in three straight. ESR had done the same before he left. So, Saka gets an assist today, hits the post. Martinelli hit the post. Like, these guys are performing. They they are carrying our team in the attack. So, I really don't see any reason why Pepe should be getting into this team right now either. Which, I'll let you discuss how you feel about it, Q, but that might warrant some discussions about whether or not he's needed on this team. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any, any way for Pepe into the team unless it's up top at striker. I don't, I don't think he can. 
I think those three mid- midfielders you just mentioned, minus Martinelli, are probably the first names on the team sheet, aside from Ramsdale. Like they're they're the only people that that have really been able to create anything going forward, minus Tierney too. Um, but yeah, I like, I just don't I don't see them being replaced by Pep. What has Pepe done to to do anything to get into the squad? Um, yeah, the only thing that that I'll mention is that when he does play though he doesn't necessarily really feel like he fits into what we try to do. Like he would not have played a part in that first goal. If that first, if he was over there, he wouldn't have been able to, to play in those one touch moments like that on that counterattack. He holds onto the ball for so long that he gets it. I don't think but his right foot's still, good enough to play the ball. To yeah. He's not good enough. He has to cut it. He has to cut back and pass it back to Tommy Asu for the cross too. But um, actually Tommy Asu had already made a barging run forward. So he had no support behind him, yep. but Anyway, um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't, I don't think he can get into the team right now, which is unfortunate because I don't think you can have that much money and that much, I don't want to say hype, but that much ego. I'm not saying he's very egotistic, but just that big of a player on, on your bench, not playing at this just, yeah, what a waste. I mean, it's like. I don't want to say it's as bad as the Ozil situation, but it's essentially an Ozil situation where you have your most expensive player. You just can't even get a minute. It's like, well, why do we pay these people? You know? So, right. so I don't know. It's a tough I one. It interesting it's a he, tough one. I thought it was interesting when he was subbed on though. It looked like Martinelli started going up top and he was on the left. Um, Cause you mentioned him playing up top, which we haven't really seen. Um, but I just thought that was interesting that they, whenever they do sub him in, I think they put him in his worst position on the field in left wing. I, I think he's way more of a, a right wing player. I think yeah, he wants to be more of a right wing player. Yeah. I think he wants to be more of an inverted player, but he did show somewhat decent signs last year being able to play the left side because like when he receives the pass, it's on his foot. That's already forward. Right. So he was getting in. He was getting in line and being able to make things happen in line. Which, honestly, if he, I mean, I think he would be better doing that because he doesn't have to think as much. It's get the ball, go down the line. Don't get the ball cut back because you can't use your right foot and try right. when they block off the inside. But I mean, I I think maybe maybe a, a sale is warranted. You're not going to be able to do it in January because he's going to be gone. Um, it's just not going to happen. Right. So maybe the summer. I I just I think I think he needs to go. I right. I, I don't he I agree with you. You can't have that presence on your bench if you're not even using it. Like you're not even using him on the bench. It's it's not that. Wow, he's not even starting. He needs to get more minutes. It's he's not even getting included in the subs like he's not playing at all because he it's not warranted. It's not warranted. So. So I don't know. Maybe I will say this, too. It's just really unfortunate, unfortunate for Pepe. In the sense that he comes in right as we're bringing up three players from our youth that play in the exact same position as him. So, I mean, obviously, a lot of us will be naturally more predisposed to the youth players who are, have been at Arsenal, who are, you know, essentially free additions to the first team. And 
So I think in his defense, that, yeah, but that's I'd, be, really I'd hate to see, but yeah, but I'd hate to see if he didn't have like a player like that pushing him, like what, I mean, we would have had, we would have had a Wobi, <laughs> like, like that would have been his backup. And if Wobi wasn't really pushing him, like if he wasn't, like, I feel like these guys should only be making him better because he needs to play better to maybe he's overthinking his need to play better. But Sokka, the, Sokka hardly puts a foot wrong. He, the, everyone knows he's the most dangerous player on the field. He's getting held by three guys on his last attempt and still gets a shot off and hits the post. Like, that's just like those young players just are bringing pure desire that we just we didn't we haven't seen out of Pepe. And I I agree people are more inclined to take up youth players into their squad, but they definitely are doing everything they can to keep them out. They are they're, they're the ones carrying the team. Just and Arteta, Arteta said the, lead, the veterans need to lead the team and the young guys need to follow, and it is not going like that right now. Right. Just going back to that shot by Sokka, it's – it's dangerous seeing that he's adding stuff like that to his game because I don't know if he's able to do that last year and he just picks up his foot so quickly and then just rips one. Um, Super unexpected. The goalie would have had no chance had it been on net. So it's just going to be interesting to see how him, how he continues to develop and become more of a a goal scoring threat. And it's nice to see, even though it missed all these, you know, as Becky pointed out in the intro, as soon as you lose a game, people are all pissed and you know, up in arms and Arteta out, this and that. But the one thing that's really inspiring to think about, even after we lose against Everton, even after we lose to Man United, is that this team is, is, is again, it's just still so young that there's the, the future is just so bright. Like you say, there's soccer just continues to get better and better and better and better. Obviously Emil Smith Rowe, I mean, with his goal with pr- production and everything. So I, I just don't understand how people just flip the switch so quickly and are all of a sudden just burn it all down. Like it because we're a big club. We're, than what we're supposed to have time. rebuilds. We're not supposed to have rebuilds. We're supposed to fix the problem immediately by throwing half a billion dollars at the problem and in every off season till it's right. Yeah, the only problem with that is like that hasn't worked when we tried to do that. Yeah, we didn't have the people to do it properly. Now we have people to do it properly, and they say go with youth. There's going to be mistakes. You stuff's going to happen. You you don't want you can't have performances like Everton happen after you lose the way you've lost to Everton. I understand people are lost to Man United. I understand a lot of frustration there cuz I I didn't even want to look at a soccer ball after that Everton game. But yeah, people just fly off the handle. I mean, we've beaten for the most part with the exception of Everton and Brentford really. Those results, we've beaten the teams that we should be beating. That's what you ask your team to do. We shouldn't be beating Chelsea and Liverpool and Man City. Man United, we probably should have won that game or at least gotten a draw. But I don't think you can just say, well, we shouldn't be getting battered by Chelsea, Liverpool, and City. Well, City's winning the the league every year. Liverpool won it two years ago. They're squad is still incredible they won the champions league chelsea's won the champions league like 
those team we are nowhere even close to that. I don't know why it's expected that we should not be or that we should be getting results there. I mean, you hope for a result. Our squad's not at that level yet. We don't even have a striker. Our strikers often God knows where. So I, I, I yeah, I, I, people are just so crazy. People Run we're it. all up in arms about Ramsdale. He's one of the best players now. And I love him. He almost had an assist today. Would have been huge for fantasy. Oh, huge for fantasy. What a ball to Martinelli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, well, that is literally FIFA stuff. Yeah. That was incredible. That was incredible. So I, you, you can say, yeah, we had bad performances. Everton, again, don't want to talk about it much because that was terrible. But this back line has still, again, then comes back out here. We get another clean sheet. Tamiyasu just looks solid. He's just solid. His technical ability's been good. I, he's been solid. And Saka doesn't have to be as defensive-oriented when you have that solidity there. Ben White was okay today. He's been all right. Uh, he's been better signing than I think we thought he might be or we heard from people at the beginning. And so Gabriel's scoring goals. Like, we just got to... Got to give it, give it a little time. Right. So we'll get a striker in. We'll see some more change. Maybe we'll so, replace Shaka fully. So with that, where do you think we'll be come 2022? We got West Ham at home, Leeds away, and then Norwich away, and then the last game of the year at home versus Wolves. Um, I think you have to take at least seven points from that, from those four games. West Ham leads. Uh, who'd you say? Wolves West Ham and leads Norwich and Wolves. Norwich has to be three uh, points. Wolves at home, you would hope, has to be three points. Um, leads at Elland Road is a bit tricky. I'm thinking you need the Leeds game. That Leeds game. They they are leaking goals. Wolves are hardly conceding. Uh, I think it is at Ellen Road. I mean, I think you honestly need nine there. But I think you need a result against West Ham. You can't let them gain another three points. At least to draw and share the points. Um, yeah, but okay. If you're looking at those four games and you're saying you're gonna lose one of those games, who you think? Who are you taking the L to? Yeah, West Ham. But I think that you need the points against them. Yeah, I'm saying if yes. you take the L against Leeds or against I'm, Wolves, it's it could be potentially less detrimental than taking the L at. I, I think you need to beat Wolves too because the first game of Jan, the first game of 2022, the next year is City. So you get, you lose to Wolves or you even get a draw. I think, I mean, how battering from City couldn't just ruin some confidence. So I would like to go into City game with a win, and that way it's not as like derailing as back-to-back non-results really. So the Wolves game is at home, so I would I would hope we win, but they just they held City to a goal um, with my wanker of the week showing up in that game. Um, Liverpool they held Liverpool to a goal in like the 89th minute last week. 
they're playing some good football defensively. Traore is going to be a I believe headache. That, I believe that Sock has say, the most fantasy points for a Premier League goalie. Maybe. Uh, that sounds somewhat correct. But yeah, so I mean, I I think I think you seven points probably is are okay. You'll probably draw Ellen Road, but yeah, I I I mean, I'd love to have at minimum nine, but yeah. At home versus West Ham, I mean, that's gonna set the tone for the rest of the year. That that's that true. That'll be huge. What is that Wednesday? Um. Yeah. Wednesday. That that would be absolutely massive going into Leeds and then the Norwich game you got to win. And then Wolves at home. I mean, that's another game I would hope we can get three points. I think I would be a little dissatisfied with one. but Where are you guys yeah. – um, where are you – what's the cutoff for success – at the end of the year, not just in 2022, but in May of 2022. Whatever we, uh, well, I. We're sitting currently in fifth, but Tottenham have two Tottenham games. Tottenham has two in games in hand. Manchester United's tying, United drawing Norwich right hand. now in the 58. Yeah, they're drawing Norwich in the 58. Um, you need to be top six. If you're not top six, then I'm all sorts of questions are allowed in my regard. You have to be top six. Uh, You're not going to get top three, obviously. Those three teams are very good. You're probably not getting top four. I'd say United or West Ham might get there. So you'll have... United or West Ham spurs us fighting for six. We have to get six. We have to get top six. Yeah. I think five would be five. I would fifth. I would look at the season and say it was a success just given that the top three spots are already pretty much locked in, um, in whatever order you think. But I think five would be a success. And I think four is four is a stretch with just the, the talent competing for it. I agree five would be a success. And if you, I, I think, uh, I think it might come down to our next game against United. If we lose, if we don't get like, if United gets six points against us in a season, you can't hope to finish above them. Right. Cause they're, I mean, we're not that far off them, but if, if we are just, that's a direct competitor for one of those spots. So I I I mean I would my preference would be five obviously but four but so we don't play them at home till when uh, March yeah I think April so that's so far away yeah so that game is gonna be monstrous for the season but um I have a wanker of the week. If you guys don't, you know, you don't have to have one. But my wanker of the week is Raul Jimenez. (laughs) Because in their game, he got a yellow card 
in the 45th minute, maybe stoppage time, uh, 45th minute gets a yellow card from the ref for a tackle and then gets the yellow card standing right next to the ball. City tried to make a pass and he reaches his foot out and blocks the pass and which is an immediate yellow card from the ref and he gets sent off. <laughs> Wait, it says here it was only in 48 seconds. <laughs> yes. Like cards. the ref had the ref had given him a yellow card, put his head down, started writing his name in his book. City had put the ball down. They were looking around to play, who to play the ball. Jimenez is still yapping. Telekin puts his head down, turns around, looks at the ball, reaches his foot out, blocks it. <laughs> it's just the ref. The ref was backing away, and he just like puts his head down, walks back. <laughs> it's just like a what a sequence of events. So yeah, 48 seconds gets a double booking red card. See you. Jeez. See you next time. I do my winker of the week spans from last week, and it is all of Lequipe football in in France um, for for completely disrespecting Robert Lewandowski for the second year in a row, um, as well as for somehow allowing Jorginho into the top three players of in Europe conversation. Um, that just he's not even in the top three on his team. Yeah, if you look at if you look at Lewandowski's goal production throughout the last two years, just absolutely absurd. The minute per goal ratio, I believe he's scoring one per ninety at at least. I'm pretty sure it's like eighty two minutes or something like that, which is just insane. He he, he doesn't stop scoring, and and he just gets. Drag, drag through the mud by Le Keep two years in a row for Messi winning the Copa America. That's is how he how he wins the the best player in Europe award. That shit didn't even happen in Europe. So is I just he, I don't uh... I don't understand it. Um, also with Jorginho, Jorginho misses a penalty in the Euro final that would have possibly clinched the the Euros. I know they still win because Saka misses the next penalty, but still. You miss that penalty to to give your team the Euros. And then, like two weeks ago, he misses a penalty in the 80th minute to give his team automatic World Cup qualification. And now they have to go through and play Portugal to make it to the World Cup. So it's like, it's like how how is the best player, one of the best players in Europe, so inefficient, inefficient at, at the penalty spot? When that's like his bread and butter. That's what he's supposed to be unreal at. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, we just shouldn't even be no talking about these penalties, though, because he should never be in that, that topic or category anyway. Yeah. yeah. He, should, he should never even be close to the top three players in the world, which is bizarre. I've talked to friends I have that are fans of Chelsea. It just goes they, on how how this this that award is team-based, Not even doesn't even have to do with, with individual players. It's dumb. So is Robert Lewandowski leading Bayern to a, a Champions League this year? I don't know. Um, Champions League is jacked up this year. Yeah, it is. I think a City might win it this year, actually, without a striker. 
I really think that. I really think it's theirs. Yeah, well, you thought but, PSG was gonna gonna be a force to reckon with, but they can't defend to save their lives. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard yeah. when you defend. With well, eight, it doesn't but... help when you're defending. Yeah, exactly. But um, one thing I wanted to mention to you guys: Did you see? Okay, in years past, I would have thought when I think of Southampton and I think of Ralph Haas and Huddle, what do you think of? You, I say Ralph Haas and Huddle. You think of anything? I, think I always of, think of him on I the sideline. I think of him on the sideline wearing a jump, a tracksuit, like training top or like a pullover and his a hat, sweats. A hat, a Southampton yeah. hat. This dude's out in a like nice wool suit out there, shirt and tie, everything in the first half, and I'm like, what the fuck's this dude doing? Yeah, I've never, and uh, maybe he's been doing it all season, but I was like, every other time I've watched us play them or watch one of their games, he's in a tracksuit. He's out there in like a wool suit. It's pouring ass rain out there. Just pouring. He comes out in the second half. He's not wearing the suit anymore. <laughs> and he has like, he had like a, I guess a training top on and then, or something. And then another jacket over it. But I'm like, yeah, he got tired of that shit real fast. Would yeah. you guys wear a suit if you were on the sideline as a coach? No way. Absolutely not. Maybe. Maybe. What, what would, who would you base your uh, sideline attire off of? Or who is close to you in modern soccer? Would you guys Ryan Giggs, interim manager at United, where you've got your cleats and your shin guards on underneath the shit. Yeah, because he's a player manager. You just want to be a player manager. I set myself yeah. on in the 80th minute. Get myself a goal. Talk about a loser. Talk about a loser wearing your guards on the sideline. No, I think I would base it off of, uh, off of maybe something like Pep. But I also think I would like. I also think I could. I would probably just wear just like a clop team sweats. Yeah, just like all Liverpool Liverpool hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe clop. Klopp is who I was thinking, just because he's always in Liverpool sweats, like a sick windbreaker, and then just yeah, he just looks like he's a fan, honestly. Yeah, and I think that's. I mean, it, like you're coaching a game, you should be you should be somewhat comfortable wearing a suit, man. I would I would die. I would just my pants would be so soaked because I'd just be standing dripping sweat the whole time. I hate I it. All right, that I being think... said, that being said, the dopest goal celebrations. And I'm thinking back to like maybe like a, a Mourinho one in particular is when you're in the suit and you don't give a shit, you go and do the knee slide out on the field anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. that how about speaking of the knee slide, how about Ramsdale's after the Yeah. The Sick. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. I forgot I about that. I haven't seen a goalie celebrate one completely at the other end, but that was awesome. That uh... I mean, the team needed it, and the the fans need that too. You know what I mean? Those fans—that's something they'll take away from the game. I well. needed that, man. Well, I didn't need it, but I love that. I, I love think, that. Uh, I, I can't wait till he gets an assist. I want. I can't wait till see him sprint the whole way down the field and slide about fifty <laughs> yards. Start his slide at half and end in the corner with the team. It's like that commercial he's, just, he's going around. Yeah, the field. Exactly. He's just <laughs> around the outside of the field. Pumping up the fans all the time. Getting wild. If Ramsdale keeps uh, playing this well, he might have to get a restraining order on Beckett, though. He's getting way too excited. About I'm it. so excited. God. I, I never thought I could feel this way about a goalie. 
Yeah, no, me neither. He is someone that is like, oh, you know, maybe being a goalie wouldn't be that bad. But <laughs> his his personality just brings the club in a better light in general. I, I agree. Love, I love it. I agree. I think you have a lot of good personalities in in this team. Um, there's a lot there's, of young energy. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of I don't want to say negativity or pessimism. I think honestly the and I mean, maybe this is just recency bias, um, but I think the, probably the biggest cancer in the team is Aubameyang. I mean, like, and he is like a kind of, you know, like a happy-go-lucky type of guy. And when the goals are falling, you know, he's he's good. But when, I, I haven't seen him smile in six, seven weeks. You know what I mean? He just... Right. I don't know. He, yeah. He's just down bad. I mean, because for a while he doesn't have chances come his way. Then when he does have chances come his way, he finds a way to somehow ruin them despite them being on a tee for him. So it's, I don't know. It's not like he has really anything to be that happy about with himself and his performance lately. I mean, you can, if you're praising a striker for his work rate, I mean, you're like, or his pressing, you're getting pretty desperate to find good things about his game. Yeah, well, you, I mean, he's gonna lose that. Don't tell that to too, Liverpool so. fans, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Bobby's the best striker in the world, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, one more, one more thing that I thought about as well when I was looking at just some stuff is we didn't talk about the Everton or United games in in very uh, much detail, but you talked about civilized soccer getting soccer getting getting ran at and, you know, three people grabbing him. What are you, what were your thoughts and reactions to, to the officiating last week against Everton? Because I, I just, I'm struggling to see any sort of consistency among Premier League refs. I, I swear game to game, the definition of a foul changes, the definition of a yellow card changes, the definition of a red card changes. There, there's just, I don't know how players can go out and and you know go into tackles and, and stuff without worrying if it's going to be clean or sent off the same exact tackle, yeah. depending on the ref. It makes absolutely no sense. Like Ben Godfrey looks at Tomiyasu laying on the ground before stomping his face. I don't care if there's nowhere you can put your feet or something like that. That. You you fall over there instead of keeping yourself up by standing on someone's face. You know what I mean? Like, I hate to go back to this again, but if that's Granite Jaka, he's sent off and they don't even have to go to VAR. As soon as the person sees that, oh, he was hit in the face and Jaka's standing there, red card. The same thing with the tackle that that Gordon kid puts in on, was it Tavares? Oh, God. He that comes one. in, cleats up. And there's, yeah, there's that, not even I, a card. Your, your foot's it, a foot off the ground. They didn't even look at it. Like, no, yeah, that that, yeah I just don't people. get it. I just don't. I just don't understand it. And like, but if if anytime Arsenal go in for a challenge hard, and it's not just anytime Arsenal do it, but it's I've seen that that been a red card in probably four games this year, not just in the prim, but. That's just not a challenge you can make, especially late in the game when it's tied. 
that you, you just yeah. you just can't go in that recklessly and not be punished whatsoever because when you do it and it's only a foul, it's saying, okay, I can try again and hopefully get a bit of the ball next time. Yeah, and your fans are applauding it like crazy. Yeah, so it just it just sends a terrible message. So I just don't un- yeah. I just don't understand the state of of Premier League well, officiating. It's not good either because in this in that City Wolves game, City's pen was given. Um, which I mean, you guys might have a different interpretation once you see it, but Jamutinho's arm was up in the air, but it hit like his kind of like his like his armpit area of his arm, like very much underarm. So it was like going to hit him in the chest either way. I don't know. If I I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to, how you should call that either, but it, the rules aren't written where the refs know how to call that. <laughs> they, they go into each incident just as unsure as the fans who are watching these replays. And then they give penalties or maybe they're not even looked at giving a foul through var and it's like i just don't like what what it we are expecting the refs to be able to do a job that right now it seems like they don't even have a clue that how to do it so that's why it's going to change every game not even the handball and shit though simple fouls like that that gordon tackle is is a foul 20 years ago still you know what i mean like you can't you just can't come in with your boot high like that Especially no, after I mean, he's already played the ball, it's all all the way up his shin. His his cleats are on his shin guard. Who, I can't high. remember who it was, but who slid tackled someone out of bounds? Like the ball had already. You remember what I'm talking about? I don't remember who it was. It was on the sideline. Ball had already gone out of bounds, and someone slid whoever that was on the side. I don't remember Saka or Tomiyasu, someone on the right wing, but they 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 slide tackle him. At like probably two seconds after the ball's been out of bounds. Um, another one, can't believe they even have to go to VAR for our Emil Smith-Rose goal against United. Like how, how do you even have to go to VAR for that? And Martin Axon looked like he was doing everything. He, or was it Mike Dean? I think it was Mike no, Dean. It was Looking like it, it was Martin Axon. Yeah, Mike Dean was Everton, you're right. Um, De Gea is the Martin Axon looking like he's doing everything he can that. not to give that goal. It's like what yeah, the but shit? so I, I, I think they just went to VAR there because uh, Martin Atkinson literally had no idea what happened. <laughs> I think he just was like, "Someone's dead in goal." I don't know how he got there, but I mean, he didn't blow the whistle, so I guess you commend that. But yeah, he did look. He did definitely look like he was trying to figure out a way not to give it as a goal. Right. I think it was Fred that knocked De Gea over, and he barely. Yeah, Fred was the only on one. Yeah. Fred was the only person who knew that De Gea was on the ground when the ball entered the net. I guess by that time, everyone had turned around to watch the ball go in the net. But like, if you watch it back, when everyone pushes forward for El Nenny's head ball, Fred is the only player that like puts his hand up and like looks down at him. But it's like you can't call that a you can't call that off anyway. Otherwise, every time I'm in the box, I'm just going to punch my goalie in the face so they can't score. Like, what, <laughs> you could just clobber people. Your I own just don't, what is he? What is he doing? Like, I understand trying to sell it, but why do you lay down and look into your own net? <laughs> Fetal position, sucking on his thumb. 
staring <laughs> at his mom up in the stands. If he's turned the other way, though, he can possibly get up and because Smith Rowe shot bounced. He can possibly get up and you like maybe push that wide. I don't know. That was horrible. Yeah. 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 I well, know. I mean. So, we'll, well, we'll we'll leave it there and we'll come back uh, for the West Ham game on Wednesday. And uh, you said that was Wednesday, right, Sam? Yep. Wednesday. So. Hopefully we can get a result there. That'll be big game as we've just discussed. And uh, hopefully I can greet you guys with a warm welcome next time we come together. Yeah, Thanks, guys. I agree. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Hopefully with with two of our uh, two of our participants' schools being out for winter break here in a few weeks, we'll be able to get get on this more regularly as well. So produce some more unrivaled content content that's just terrible content (laughs) that's going to start all right well yes i'm ready good to end it on positive positive feelings beckett come on say bye everyone always waits for you to die i just said bye dude what do you want from me all right see ya (laughs) all right see ya Hey guys, thanks for sticking with us through the long episode. Just a reminder, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Chats. You can find our individual accounts posted below in the description as well as on the Chats page. So thank you and we'll see you after West Ham.